God Almighty, we love you and we just want to just acknowledge with our words and our thoughts, God, that there are some things that need to happen in our life we cannot do in our own strength. And God, we need you. So, Lord, there are some here that are praying for healing, physical healing for themselves or for others. God, I pray that you would do that. There are some here that are praying for a loved one who's estranged or is really struggling. God, I pray that you would work in that situation. Some here that are dealing with temptation that seems so impossible to resist. I pray, God, that you would work in that situation. There are some here that have financial needs. I pray, God, you provide for them. And God, in the midst of our asking, would you draw our hearts to you? I'd help us to recognize our real need for you, God. And sometimes, God, we rely a bit much on our own intellect, our own talents, God. And I pray that you would use the prayer areas of our life as a way of humbling us and leading us to submit more fully to who you are. God, we love you and trust you. And God, now I pray that you would open up hearts as we talk about uh, what you've put on my heart this morning from the scriptures, Lord. We love you and I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, do this for me real quick. If you came with somebody that you feel comfortable doing this with, would you just give them a little hug? Just give them a little hug. If, you, if you're sitting next to somebody you don't know, and you're like, I am not hugging them, nor am I letting them hug me, would you just give them a little, little fist bump? Just, give them, give them, just pound it out right here. Just pound it out. There you go. If, you, if you're like, I'm not touching anybody, then just look to the person that hadn't been, you know, that's around you, and just give them one of these. Just, just kind of get, hey, you can even throw in a wink. Today, I want to talk to you about something from the scriptures that you probably have never heard a sermon on. And so, I really do think, although at first, it might feel a little funny. In fact, I've written a book, and this is one of the chapters that's in there, talks about this same kind of thing. And the very first sentence in this chapter is this, things are about to get uncomfortable. (laughs) Today, I want to talk to you about the power of physical touch to build healthy connections. Now, I don't want to miss an opportunity to live life to the fullest. And I've told you this before, and I don't want you to either. So I frequently ask God on our behalf, on the behalf of the church, on the behalf of my own family, for focus and direction so that my time on earth and our time on earth is well spent. And I believe that the greatest way to live our lives is to join God in his mission in the world. That's important. And so some of you have attended church before, and certainly you have if heard, if you've attended this church, that God wants to use you for something great in this life. God wants to use your life for something more than just breathing and dying and then just being a memory in people's mind. He wants to use your life 
for something fantastic. And one of the most famous preachers uh, living today, a guy named John Piper, became famous in this idea of this quote. He says, but whatever you do, find the God-centered, Christ-exalting, Bible-saturated passion of your life and find your way to say it and live it and die for it, and you will make a difference that lasts. You will not waste your life. That's the idea. And so many of you hear that and you're like, yeah, I want to that. I want to live like that. But what I believe is that most people today in this church and in churches all over our city and all over our world who hear the pastor say things like that, that God wants to use you, will leave excited, will go home, and it will quickly be suffocated by just everyday common difficulties in your family and in your home. And so I've talked in the last couple of weeks about the power of words and also about how to handle, biblically handle conflict. And I've written about these things in a book. And don't worry, this isn't the kind of church where all year long I'm promoting books because I've only written one. And there'll only be one more sermon on it. It'll be next week and then you won't have to hear it anymore. But we have the books in the back. You can have one for free. If you want to donate to help cover the cost of the books, then you just take some cash and throw it in that blue box and whatever. But it's yours free. It's a gift from our church to you. But I believe that there are things that you can do that are revealed in the scriptures to help you build healthy connections in your home so that those relationships are strong, so that when the preacher or somebody says to you, God wants to use you for something in this life, not only are you encouraged to do it, but you feel strengthened to do it, to walk alongside the people that are in your tribe, in your family, to live on mission with God. Can I get an amen? Okay, so I'm going to invite you. Some of you are guests. You can amen. You can raise your hand. You can get full-on Pentecostal up in this place. I, I'm excited today, okay? Because this topic, this idea that the physical touch experienced in healthy ways with other people in our home, people that are in our tribe, can strengthen connections, and strong connections make you more able to live on mission for God. And that's the kind of living that I want to do. That's the kind of living that I want you to do. It counts for something beyond your life. Um, Tiffany Field, in her book called Touch, says this about our skin. She says that our bodies have 18 square feet of skin. Some of us have more, some of us have less. I definitely have more in the last few weeks. I'm blaming it on the injury. But anyway, so 18 square feet of skin, which makes skin our largest organ, Because skin cannot shut its eyes or cover its ears, it is on a consistent state of readiness to receive messages. Our skin is always on. The first sensory input in life comes from the sense of touch while still in the womb. And touch continues to be the primary means of experiencing the world throughout infancy and well into childhood, even into aging. I want to acknowledge, even in the intro... That in our society, as I begin to talk about this idea of physical touch, I know that it can get awkward. And here's one reason. In our society, sexuality and physical touch have been so corrupted that we're nervous. People will immediately begin thinking dirty thoughts. What God intends for good, the enemy tries to distort and use for evil. So for some people, physical touch to bond with others does not happen as naturally as it should be. And there's all kinds of reasons for that. And the purpose of this talk is not to deal in detail with the negative kind of outworkings of physical touch. It's more to encourage you in the positive revelation of Scripture as it talks about physical touch. But I want you to know that the way that we feel in our heart is impacted greatly by by how we feel physically. Think about that. 
the way that we feel in our hearts is impacted greatly by how we feel physically. You know, I'll go and I had you hug the person next to you or fist bump them or point at them or, you know, shake their hand or whatever. I want you to know from my perspective, the whole room kind of, kind of leaned in a little bit, kind of moved forward. I and mean, some of y'all got to hug your mom and some of y'all had that awkward, like, no thanks, fist bump, you know. And, and, but the whole, everybody felt a little better. I know I do. The way we feel physically is impacted or impacts our heart. One writer puts it this way. We see our skins as hides hung around our inner life, when in many ways, actually our skins are the inner life pushed out. And it's interesting because the research today is revealing, and there's a book called The Art of Intimacy, which is a book I'd recommend for married couples by Stephen and Celestia Tracy. And, and it talks about how we have such a culture of excess, but one area that Americans are so impoverished is in the area of physical affection. It's so interesting. We have a culture of excess, but an area that we are starving as a culture is in healthy physical touch. In fact, it's most acutely seen in American youth. There seems to be an increasing... Uh, it's a problem with people understanding about healthy physical touch. And so what I'm saying to you and putting before you is that healthy physical touch is one of the most misused, neglected tools in the home for building healthy connections. Now, I, when I say home in this context, I want to say the people that are in your family, but also it could be pe- your friends, your friend tribe, and maybe even people in your, and certainly people in your church, the people that are in your families, if you know what I mean, in varying degrees. Uh, you might be surprised how often the Bible talks about physical touch and how it strengthens connections in your home. So I'm actually going to read a bunch of different scriptures and kind of fly through them and uh, help you to see it. The Bible talks quite often about healthy physical touch between a husband and a wife, between a wife and a husband. Can I get an amen? Did you know that it talks not just frequently, but it talks in quite intimate detail about the importance of healthy physical touch between a husband and a wife? If you want an eye-opening look, and maybe you're new to the Bible, read the Song of Solomon. As an example, Solomon chapter 1, verse 2, right at the beginning, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. So the woman is expressing the desire of every wife, and that is to be kissed by her husband or touched in healthy ways. And her desire for this is increased as he, she knows he loves her. And it's, she's comparing it to something that she already enjoys, which is the taste of wine. She wants him to kiss her. She wants for him to touch her in a healthy way. And, and it's a good thing when your spouse wants a kiss, right? Uh, right? <laughs> I need like one amen. Come on, baby. You know, and, and, and you would have to know, and I certainly know, that the degree to which I'm experiencing healthy physical intimacy with my wife and my home strengthens or weakens my home and strengthens or weakens my sense of confidence to living on mission with God. In fact, when I do, I don't want to be cautious here. I don't want to get into too much. But when I do premarital counseling and then postmarital counseling, One area that we talk quite a bit about is how the physical intimacy in a marriage reflects the feeling and sense of connectedness that exists there in hearts. 
And nearly every time, there's an area where each of the people can grow. So physical touch and healthy physical touch will not come as naturally as you might have thought it would before you were married. It's something that you have to work on. It's something that you have to develop. And it goes, it runs along the lines of your overall health as a couple. So physical touch is important in your home. You know, the Bible also reveals that physical touch between a parent to a child and a child to a parent is very important. You, you, you would be shocked at how many times in the Bible this is revealed. That affection and connection is demonstrated in how a, a parent touches or hugs or kisses a child and how a child touches or cu- hugs or kisses a parent. Genesis chapter 27. Isaac says to Jacob, both grown men, come near and kiss me, my son. In Genesis chapter 31, verse 55, early in the morning, Laban arose and kissed his grandchildren and his daughters, and he blessed them. Then Laban departed and returned home. You know, uh, in the Bible, we see this pattern of uh, physical touch also is a way of blessing your children. In Luke chapter 15, verse two, or 20, New Testament, the prodigal son was greeted by his father with an embrace and a kiss. The prodigal son had been away from his father, been away from God in this story, and has returned. And the father embraces him and kisses him. These are grown men. Now, I, I think this could be applied to both mother and father, both parents, but specifically relates as it relates to men and their sense of confidence in, in expressing love through physical touch. The Tracys in their book uh, pointed this out, that many men have come to feel tentative or even insecure in their masculinity, so they bolster their sense of masculinity by tenaciously avoiding or denying what they perceive as feminine qualities, such as physical expressions of love, acknowledging weaknesses or even relational experience of vulnerability. But we see in the Bible that the most manly men are the kinds of men that are willing to express what's in their heart by healthy physical touch of their spouse and then also their children. Uh, And certainly we see it between family members. Ruth chapter 1 verse 14. Two sisters, Ruth and Orpah, express love in a kiss and a hug to their mother-in-law Naomi. And I do get it. Not everyone is as touchy-feely as another person. So some of you are like, okay, this is getting super weird. I'm not a hugger, you know, whatever. I'm not saying that everybody has to be super touchy-feely. But, and so there's probably a range of, like, healthy physical touch. And some people are a little more, some people are less. And that's okay. So I'm, I'm not trying to shame you or make you feel like you don't belong as a part of the sermon or anything like that. But what I'm saying is that we cannot dismiss the proven need of our spouse and our children and people that are near us, our friends, to receive healthy expressions of physical touch as a way of building connections. We can't, we can't dismiss that. Physical affection is normal and it's healthy. And this, the timing of this sermon is, is no, uh, no mistake. I mean, this is Mother's Day, right? One of the sweetest moments in my entire life is the moment where each of my children have been born and they're being held by their mother after she's carried them for nine months. In that physical connection, in fact, um, most experts would say that the way that a child is touched and nurtured physically when they're young has a great impact on the development of their brain, and it affects their entire life. I've been in orphanages in Africa where children have not ever or rarely been touched 
by adults. And, and the studies are incredible as far as their development being so stunted. Physical affection is normal. It is healthy. It is important. And not just between family members, but also between friends. You know that? Which is cool. There are examples in the Bible of godly, healthy individuals who express love through physical touch. David hugged and kissed a friend who was like his brother. And don't worry. If we're friends, you will not be getting a kiss from me anytime soon. Like after the service, people are going to be like going out that door over there. Like I'm avoiding Russell. Don't worry. But it is culturally of certainty in that day, and in some places even in our own day, very natural for friends to kiss one another. Paul, the apostle Paul, was hugged and kissed by his fellow pastors in Ephesus prior to him leaving to go minister in another place. And, and you know, physical touch and is, is so important. Let me just quickly, it's, it's also interesting to note that the laying on of hands, the physical touching of leaders to people in the church uh, was, was demonstrated in the Bible in quite a few places. It was done in moments where there was a request to God for healing. There's actually a, a touching of, of people one to another. Mark 6, 5, Luke 4, 40, and other places. Uh, there's some talk in the New Testament about when leaders are ordained, there's a laying on of hands. There's a physical touching that happens. And this physical touching or laying on of hands is a special touch that gives an even greater expression to the words that are spoken. That's a point, Right? So I can say I love you to my wife, but there's something even more powerful about me saying that I love you and then coming down and kissing her. There's more where that came from. So there's something really powerful about that expression of love and physical touch. And, and, and you say, well, okay, I'm not fully convinced that it, it counts for me. But do you know we even see it in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ? This is the most compelling case. You know, Jesus, uh, several times in his ministry, we see that he's ministering to people not just in words, but also by, by putting his hands on them, by touching them physically. Uh, there's a story in Matthew chapter 19 and it's, what's crazy about the story is that, is that Jesus is ministering to children. And in this day, children were socially powerless and dependent. And so Jesus' closest followers tried to keep the children who they thought were a nuisance to Jesus away from him. And, but Jesus didn't have it like that. Jesus, Jesus uh, in kind of the essence of the way that God works, is Jesus invites in people that, that others reject and deny and try to put on the, in the margins. And certainly this was children in this day. Jesus says in Matthew 19, 14, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And, and then he goes on from there. He doesn't just speak a blessing over them and to them, but he also, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 15, it says, Matthew, uh, he laid his hands on them and went away. And Mark chapter 10, talking about the same story, says that he took them in his arms and he blessed them, laying his hands on them. You see, Jesus not only spoke words of love, but he also touched as an expression of his love. And it wasn't just with children, it was also with the needy. You know, Jesus had quite a ministry of healing. And in Matthew chapter 20, Jesus heals with his touch. 
And so the story is that uh, the disciples are leaving Jericho, and a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard Jesus going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And the crowd is saying to these men, leave Jesus alone. But they're screaming all the more, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And so arguably, these are the people in the crowd that had the greatest need for the touch of Jesus, not only the miraculous touch of Jesus, but the physical touch of Jesus. And so Jesus stops, and he calls to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they say, Lord, we want our sight. And the scriptures say that Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. He could have easily kept walking and just spoken healing over them, but instead he stopped and he touched them. And for some of the ill people that Jesus healed in the first century, these are the kinds of people that would not have been touched by anybody. Not just these blind people, but also the people that are ill with leprosy. Jesus not only healed them, but he touched them and hugged them and loved them as an expression of God's love to them. And so we see throughout the Bible that healthy physical touch builds connections. It's an expression of love that is very healthy. And I've said from the very beginning that I I have a strong assumption that, that most of you want to be a part of something that lasts beyond your life. And for those of you that are Christians, you will feel the most alive when you're on mission with God. And part of this is learning and developing and growing in the area of how physical touch builds stronger connections with your spouse and with your kids and with your close friends so that you together can feel stronger on mission for God. And even as I'm saying this, there are some of you, maybe just a few that say, you know, this is an area of my life where I'm weak. And maybe there's some reason something's happened in your past and it's caused you to be a more like physically reserved person. And, And again, I'm not shaming you and I'm just want to continue putting out there that this isn't about like if you're unwilling to hug everybody you see there's something wrong with you it's not about that at all but what i'm saying to you is something that you might want to think about as being an area you can grow to help build connections with your spouse and with your kids and with your close friends so that you can be stronger together for the glory of god if you feel like you fall short in this area and i do at times or any area of the Christian faith, there's a very necessary thing for you to do. And that is to see that when you feel like you're falling short of something, it is a declaration of the fact that you need God to work in your life. In every area of our lives where we fall short, we're reminded of our need for God. And in this area, particularly in the area of our to increase our capacity to love. And the increase of our capacity to love another person is directly impacted by our understanding of how much love God has for us. And the greatest demonstration of God's love for us is by sending Jesus Christ to die on a cross so that our sins can be forgiven. So what I'm saying to you is this. The movement of growth is in every area we feel like we fall short in the Christian faith. The movement is always to say, God, help me to understand how great your love is for me so that I can more fully love others. It's directly an impact on how much you can love another person as you're trying to grasp and understand how great God's love is for you. And the greatest demonstration of his love for you is the fact that Jesus Christ died for you. 
say, what do I do? I want to become a more loving person to my spouse. And in the working out of that is in how I express my love physically. I want to become a more loving person to my children. And working out of that is how I touch them in, in healthy ways. Or, or to my friends, I want to cultivate healthy friendships and be able to, to express that through healthy touch. What do I do? The first movement is to go to God and say, God, help me to understand how much you love me. And for some of you, you, that means that you need to, for the very first time, acknowledge your sin before God and recognize that God has sent Jesus to die on a cross so that your sins can be forgiven. That is a great expression. That's the greatest demonstration of his love for you and your acknowledgement of your sin and his willingness to forgive you in Christ and you crossing over the line of faith and becoming saved or being born again or becoming a Christian or however you want to title it. That is the first step for you in understanding God's love so that you can more fully love another person. That's the first thing. With all that said, I do want to, in just bringing this to a close, give you some very practical things that you can do to put this in action. I I want you to be able to, tomorrow morning, wake up and be able to do something with this talk on physical touch, all right? So first of all, to the married couples. Raise your hand if you're a married couple. If you're married, raise it up. Be proud. Okay. Um, So here's what I want to do. I I heard a preacher, and I wrote about this a little bit in my book, but I heard a preacher one time challenge married couples to, to make a habit of expressing physical touch in healthy ways. And, and what he said was, I want to challenge you for the next 21 days, and you've heard of that, it takes 21 days to make a habit. I don't know if that's true or whatever, but it just sounds good. For the next 21 days, this preacher said he wanted the married couples to kiss for 21 seconds at least once for the next 21 days. Now, when I heard this, I thought, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And it was incredible to consider that it was very difficult to find just 21 seconds in a day to kiss my wife, who I love very much. And some of you are newly married, and you like can't fathom that being the case. But it is true. And so, uh, and so my challenge to you, married couples, as, as, as we're all growing in this expressing of physical touch in healthy ways, is to, for the next 21 days, to do three things. I want you to start every day with a 21-second hug. All right? A 21-second hug. And you're like, I don't know. But, you know, let's be honest. Sometimes we get up in the morning. When I get up in the morning, you know, um, I'm not feeling too huggy. For the last few weeks, I've been waking up with this thing on and I have been more irritated than anything. But I want you to start every morning with 21-second hug. Now, you don't have to put your faces towards each other because some of you all got that morning breath and you don't want to hug and kiss. So just 21-second hug, okay? 21 seconds. Go for it. Do it. All right? Uh, and then I want you also to do this. I want you to find another 21 seconds in the day where you kiss. Now, I was thinking about telling my parents this challenge. Like, if my parents are in here, and I'm going to have my mom and dad kiss for 21 seconds, and I'm not sure that they would actually do it. And so if you're like, I'm not going to kiss my spouse for 21 seconds in a day, then how about this? You kiss 21 times in a row at least once a day. All right, 21 times in a row. That could be 21 little pecks on the cheek or whatever you want to do. What I'm saying to you is just do it. See what happens. And then at the end of every day, so three things, hug, kiss, and then at the end of the day, hug for 21 seconds and then pray together every night. So you hug for 21 seconds to start the day. You kiss 21 seconds or 21 times. <laughs> it's so weird. And then, uh, and then you hug for 21 seconds to end every day for the next 21 days. Can you do that? Raise your hand and say, I'll do it. 
All right, four of you. Cool. All right. Now, here's the deal. I'm kind of making a joke out of this, but I want you to know that I, I have been around 20 years. I know that sometimes in our marriages, we need help in counsel as it relates to the physical intimacy in our marriage. If that's you, ask for help. You would not be alone. And uh, sometimes these things and conversations are difficult to navigate, navigate, especially if you're in a group in a home where these kind of conversations uh, that are more personal about your sexuality are not, were not normal. It can be more difficult. But let me tell you something. God has something for you. The best part about being married is not your sex life, but a great benefit of being married is a godly intimacy that happens in sex. So if you need counsel, then, then let us know, and we can help you find a professional counselor that will na- help you navigate some of the difficulties. And again, you wouldn't be alone. I, I am one who prescribes to the idea that, that everybody could use counseling, professional counseling in their lives in some area. Okay, so families. Here's what I want you to do. If you're, if you're a family, and now I say family, it could be your actual like, family unit, those that are in your home, but it also could be, you know, maybe you have some friends here or, or people that are in your loop group. Here, I want, you, I want you to try something. When someone gets home at the end of the day, I want everybody to stop what they're doing, no matter what it is. So when I get home at the end of the day, I come in. I'm never on my cell phone coming in because I want them to know, like, I'm here. I'm your dad. I'm ready. But here's what's typically happening. Jeannie's making dinner. The kids are doing homework or they're on the computer. Uh, they're, they're at different places. They're watching TV. And sometimes when I come in, or when somebody else comes in after a long day, it's like, it's like we kind of just ignore it. But what we try to do in our home is, is, is we want everybody to stop what they're doing so there's a little mini reunion at the end of every day. Why would you, why would you do that? Why would that be such a big deal? It's because all of us are spinning so fast. And before you know it, one day turns into two, turns into three, turns into four, and you've not really connected with the other people that are in your family. So at the end of the day, stop what you're doing when everybody, that last person comes in home and, and, and stand up and celebrate the reunion. This would be a very biblical thing to do. When people return after being away, there's a celebration. There's a hug. There's a kiss. There's a fist bump. You know, I, my kids, some of them are still at the age where I can pick them up and squeeze them tight. And just take a moment at the end of the day and express the love through a healthy physical touch with one another. Did you know that the first four minutes... In the evening, when you get home, sets the tone for the rest of the night. And so in our home, the tone I want, the tone I want is, you're important to me, and I recognize that I'm important to you. Get over here, I'm going to hug and kiss you and love you and let you know that I care about you. And you say, well, I don't even know that this is natural. Just think about your dog. Think about it. Do you ever have to tell your dog to stop doing what it's doing to come greet you at the door? I mean, it's the most, like, animal instinct that sometimes gets taken away. My dog is the first one to greet me. And I'm like kicking it off as I'm like trying to, you know, hug my kids. Families, do that. Celebrate a reunion with physical, healthy physical touch at the end of the day. And then I got one more. See, we're not just married couples and families, but we're also a church family. You know that in the New Testament, there are four times where church folk are instructed to greet one another with a holy kiss. He t- Paul tells the church four times to the Romans, to the Corinthians, the Thessalonians, to do this. And, and Peter says to greet one another with a kiss of love. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 14. Look it up. 
Now, I do acknowledge that this was a different time and a different place culturally, but I do think that this is still something that applies to the church today. So one of the reasons at the very beginning I had you hug the person next to you, a fist bump them, or shake their hand or whatever, is because this is a very natural way for us to show affection as a church. And here's what I do know. Some of you have not experienced a healthy hug all week, and you come in this place, and I want you to know that the church is not just a building. It's not just the people, but we are a family, and we can, in healthy ways, express love to one another. Now, does this mean that every time I see you, I have to hug you? No, it doesn't. But it does mean that the way that I feel about you and you feel about me will express in healthy physical touch, which is a handshake or a fist bump or a hug. I have not yet had had any of you kiss me, and I don't want you to, actually. Um, But this is how we as a church can communicate love to one another. And here's the reality. I don't hug the guests (laughs) yet. Right? And why is that? Because I don't really have a love for the guests. I mean, I don't really know you. I mean, I love you if you're a guest, but I, I don't really know you. I don't know your life. We're not really friends yet. I want you to be friendly. I mean, I want you to know that I'm friendly, but we're not really tight yet. But you know who I do hug? Everybody in my loop group. Why? Because this is family. These are people that are in my home. They eat food out of my refrigerator. They bring food over. We share life together. And so the people that I'm most comfortable with hugging in this church are people that I've walked with for a long time. I hug the other pastors in this church. You know, so there, there, there is a degree to which we express love to other people in the church based on our love in reality for them. I don't hug the guests. So I do hug the loop group. I don't kiss people in the group. Do you know who I do? Kiss people in my family. Why? Because we're closer. So what I'm saying to you is this. A very natural, healthy way to build connections in your marriage, in your family, and in the church is expressing love through healthy physical touch. Now, like I said, this is a talk that you have never heard before in any church you've ever been in. I promise you that. But it isn't shocking how relevant it is for our lives. And what I do know is that if we will all grow in this area and be open to what God has for us in this area... But God will strengthen connections in our marriages, in our homes, in our church. And as those connections are strengthened, we'll be able to more fully engage the mission of God in the world. But if we refuse to grow in this area, if we refuse to grow in how we express our love and physical intimacy in our marriages, or express our love to our kids, or our love to other people in our church, and if we dismiss it as unimportant then our marriages will suffer, our kids will suffer, they'll continue to be starved, and our church will be weakened. This is the cost. So I pray we would all respond to what we've seen demonstrated in the Bible today for God's glory and God's fame. Let's pray together and think about these things. Lord, I pray that your spirit will work during this time. We love you and trust you, and I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.